0: Awesome. Well, as you probably realize, Pastor and uh, Sash and the girls are on vacation this week, getting the break that they uh, deserve and that they need. And uh, so they're they're partying with Mickey and Goofy and the rest of the crew. And uh, we're 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 here this morning. But God is God is good. Uh, just a, a quick uh, side note on that work day that's coming up uh, on Saturday. Most of that work that needs to get done is going to be outside uh, parking lot. Uh, trees, that kind of thing. So, if you're going to be there, pl- please be there. We need your help. And then, second, be prepared to be outside in the sun uh, and those kind of things. Just want to make sure that you were aware of that and didn't uh, didn't expect to be hanging out in the air conditioning the the entire time, right? Well, this morning, God has uh, has something for us. I believe that, and I, I believe we already encountered God. In worship today, and we 're going to continue the series that Pastor started last week on Ephesians talking about the infrastructure, the, the foundation points that we need in our relationship with God. Warren Worsby uh, shared a story in uh, his commentating on Ephesians. He said this that on January sixth, eighteen twenty two the wife of a poor German pastor had a son, never dreaming that he would one day achieve world renown and great wealth. When Heinrich Schleimann was seven years old, a picture of ancient Troy in flames captured his imagination. Contrary to what many people believed, Heinrich argued that Homer's great poems, the Iliad and the Odyssey, were based in historical facts, and he set out to prove it. In 1873, he uncovered the ancient site of Troy, along with some fabulous treasure, which he smuggled out uh, out of the country, much to the anger of the Turkish government. Schleiman became a famous wealthy man because he dared to believe an ancient record and then act on his faith. Worsby goes on to say, we, discover that we, or we discovered that we are born rich when we trusted in Christ. But this is not enough for we, we, we must grow in our understanding of our riches if we are ever going to use them for the glory of God. Too many Christians have never read the bank book to find out the vast spiritual wealth that God has put to their account through Jesus Christ. They are like the late newspaper publisher, William Randolph Hearst, who invested a fortune collecting art treasures from around the world. One day, Mr. Hearst found a description of some valuable items that he felt he must own, and so he sent his agent agent abroad to find them. After months of searching, the agent reported that he had finally found the treasures. They were in Mr. Hearst's warehouse. Hurst had been searching frantically for treasures that he already owned. Had he read the catalog of his treasures, he would have saved himself a great deal of money and trouble. See, that's how it is in our relationship with God. There's some treasures that are in that relationship. There's some riches of the relationship, and we've got to grow in that understanding of what is there in our walk with God. We've got to develop those things. Paul talks elsewhere about working out our faith. Uh, uh, Steve can tell you, the first time you go to the gym versus – the. The, when you now go to the gym, it's a little bit different, right? You've got to work it out. You've got to get a little bit stronger day by day, and, and you've got to grow in those things. As we'll see later in this series, uh, we will see that grace, or that we are saved by grace through faith, right? It's not by our works. It's not by anything that we, that we can do. And so I just want to preface everything else this morning. With that, because what I'm going to talk about is not us earning our salvation by figuring things out or by enlightenment or any of that kind of thing. But there's this also this element that we've got to continue to grow. There's also this element that we've got to go a step farther and then the next step farther and then the next step farther. See, there's more to our relationship with God than just being saved. Right the, the, there's more to a, a relationship with God There's more to what Jesus wants to do than just a get out of hell free card Right the, there's something else that God wants to do there There's more than just uh, to being a follower of Jesus Than having said a prayer or having raised our hand in response to, to an altar call And so let's look at that Ephesians 115 through 23 says this way Ever since I first heard of your strong faith In the Lord Jesus, in your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you. I pray for you constantly, asking God, the glorious Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of God. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Now he is far above any ruler or authority or power or leader or anything else, not only in this world but also in the world to come. God has put all things under the authority of Christ And has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. Let's pray one more time before we dissect this a little bit. God, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy. And we thank you that you are are still moving today. God, that you are still active and alive And God, we just ask that you would give us eyes to see your scripture this morning. God, help us to to understand what you're telling us and that it would change something inside of us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Really, this morning, I've got a few questions that I want to ask you and and, and think about because there are things that Paul calls out of the church that he's writing to in Ephesus. He kind of... Call some things out. See, a good, a good mentor will see some things in you and, and call them out of you, right? And, and then he'll say, you've done well in this area, and then you can do better in this area, right? And so there's some questions that I think we need to ask that, from what Paul is calling out. And the first one is, what is your reputation? What is your reputation? See, the church at Ephesus had a good reputation. Verse 15 says, Ever since I first heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I have not stopped thanking God for you, and I pray for you constantly. They had a good reputation. Isn't that the kind of letter that you want Pastor Rusty to write you? That, That you have strong faith and that you're loving? You know what that really sounds like? It sounds like what we say every week. They were loving God and they were loving people, right? They had a reputation for loving God and for loving people. They had the basics, they had the basics figured out they had a good and a strong reputation they're the fun, the foundational ideas that's what Jesus called the greatest commands right he, he was asked and he responded you guys know this we say it all the time every week right but we kind of need that constant reminder that these are what these are the crucial point we can't go any further unless we get this part figured out and thankfully the church at Ephesus had that part figured out they were loving god they were loving People. It was the ultimate infrastructure for a life of faith, right? They had the foundation laid. But with that, it seems that oftentimes it's really easy to start coasting in our relationship with God. It's really easy to think, just to just put it on cruise control and think, well, I'm loving God and I'm loving people, so nothing else matters right? I've got that part figured out. That's all that matters. Jesus said, that's, what most, that's what's most important, so I'm good to go, right? We, we can have that mentality and say, well, I, I said my prayer this morning. I, I read a few verses of scripture today, and I wasn't mean to anybody, so I'm good. I loved God, and I love people. When that, when that guy cut me off, I didn't lay the horn down, and I didn't slide my hand out the, world, out the window and tell him he's number one, right? And, and And so I'm good. I loved people. So I'm good. That's all there is. There's more. There's so much more. That that's the foundational level, right? That's the that's the kindergarten basics, right? And that's important. That's vital. But there is more. I want to challenge you in a a spirit of kindness this morning that there is more that what God wants to do in you is and through you. There's more depth to a relationship with our Creator and our Father than just getting out of the destination of hell. It's about more than just changing a destination, it's about following and pursuing after Jesus, it's about changing the lives of people around us because we know that we used to be just like them. Right? There's, there's more that needs to happen And so that's what Paul is saying to this church in Ephesus He says you've got the ultimate infrastructure in place You've got the basics figured out You've got your ABCs and your 1-2-3s right? you, You've got the basics But there's some more things that you still need to build on Again, not for salvation But to live a life of faith And so that's the second question What do you need? What do you need? First off, what is your reputation? But second off this morning, what, what do you need? What is that area in your life that God says, you, you, you need more of this? You, you need to go further. You need to go, you need to go deeper here. And Paul calls some specific ones out that I think really we all, we all need. And the first one of those is spiritual wisdom. We need some more spiritual wisdom in our world and in the church. We need some more spiritual wisdom. Well, what is, what is spiritual wisdom? That's one of those terms that if you're not careful, it's just kind of flowery and out there and whatever. Spiritual wisdom is specialized knowledge. More specifically, it's wisdom that comes from the Holy Spirit. That's what makes it spiritual wisdom is that it comes from God. And it's not just, well, this is... Agreed upon wisdom that people have figured out. No, this is the the God gives me some wisdom kind of moment. One commentator writes about this and says, What Paul is praying for is that God might so work in the Ephesian saints that they will have the spiritual wisdom and a revelation from him that is the result of the Holy Spirit's work energizing their human spirit. That's what we need. We need to be so in step with God. So so sensitive to the Holy Spirit that he can give us wisdom and energize our spirit. Amen. Give, give, us, uh, give us wisdom in every situation that we walk into. This is the same wisdom that's attributed to the martyr Stephen back in Acts chapter 6. In verse 8 it says that Stephen was a man full of God's grace and power. He performed, many, uh, uh, performed amazing miracles and signs among the people. But one day, some men from the synagogue of free, uh, freed slaves, as it was called, started to debate with him. They were Jews from Cyrene, Alexandria, Cilicia, and the province of Asia. None of them could stand against the wisdom and the spirit with which Stephen spoke. So they persuaded men to lie about Stephen, saying, We heard him blaspheme Moses and even God. And this roused the people, the elders, and the teachers of religious law, so they arrested Stephen and brought him before the high council. He has wisdom. Now, his moment of wisdom led him to be arrested, right? But then that arrest led him to an opportunity to preach the gospel to everyone who was there. And then the result of him preaching the gospel was him being stoned. Spoiler alert. But here's the thing. When he was able to stand up with wisdom when he was challenged on his faith. There's a lot of different directions and a lot of different areas that our culture is challenging faith, that our culture is challenging truth. So how, how do we respond to every issue that pops up on the news? How do we respond to, to every issue that, that comes and, and, and tries to change things and tries to, to do this or that? And I'm not talking about something that just goes against your opinion. I'm talking about things that are going against God's word because there is a difference between the two. And we need this spiritual wisdom to distinguish between the two, right? But how will we formulate a response? How will we talk to our coworkers when they ask us what we think about an issue? We need spiritual wisdom. We need to be in step with the Holy Spirit to where he is energizing our spirit with that kind of wisdom so that we can respond like Stephen did. Not so that we can argue with people. Because that's not what it's about. It's not about being right. It's not about proving someone else wrong. It's not about having enemies or putting them in their place or any of that. It's about a loving spirit, right, that that has a wise word and a soft answer to respond to all of the things that we face. How will we distinguish from right from wrong in a world that seems so great? It's spiritual wisdom. It's spiritual wisdom. How will we live a life that points people to truth and a loving Savior? Spiritual wisdom. Spiritual wisdom, being in God's word more than we're in social media, and I'm directing that one right back here. It, it's pursuing God and allowing him to, to change us, right, to, to where we're going deeper, where we're not just satisfied with, yep, I love God and I love people today. I was nice. I had a smile while I was at work, even though I really didn't want to. And I recognize some days that's an achievement. Come on. Some days that's an achievement, but there's more. God wants us to, to live in that place of spiritual wisdom. And then Paul says that not only do you need spiritual wisdom, but you need insights. You need insight. This is where God reveals things to us. God wants to reveal things to us, not just from a pastor on Sunday morning. I'm so thankful for Pastor Rusty and and his leading of this church, and I think we have an amazing pastor. But let me tell you something. God wants to give you some insights that aren't from Pastor Rusty. God wants to speak to you, not just through someone else. God wants to reveal some things. See, insight is dealing specifically with our understanding of who God is. That we would understand how great God is. What we talked about at the end of worship, right? That he is not even on the same level as everything else. That he is so far above and bigger and more beautiful and more wonderful and more powerful. Right? That's the kind of insight that we need. That God is bigger than we think he is. Even if God just expanded your understanding of him so far this morning, he's bigger than that. And, and, and if God reveals something to you tomorrow, then there's still going to be more the day after that. I promise you. you, God can reveal something new to you about who he is and how great he is every day of your life, and there's still going to be more to figure out because God is bigger. God is so much bigger. He's bigger. See, this idea of insight and revelation, it's the it's the same term, the same words that are used to describe when Jesus is going to return and completely reveal himself to all of humanity. That, I, that idea of insight and really revelation is the word there. 1 Peter 1, starting verse 6, says, Be truly glad. There is wonderful joy ahead. Even though you must endure many trials for a little while, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests purify and pur- purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will, bring you much, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. And then verse 13 says, prepare your minds for action and exercise self-control. Put all your hope in the gracious salvation that will come to you when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. That word revealed, it's the same word for insight that Paul used. That's the level of insight, the the revelation of who Jesus is that God wants to give us. And again, it's so much more than just the the surface level that we settle for. We settle all the time. But God wants to reveal things to us about who he is. God wants to to show us what his love really is. His life. God wants to show us what his character really is, what his power really is, what his presence is all about. And it's so much more than singing a few songs and moving on. right? It, God wants to show us more, but we've got to pursue him. We've got to let him. God's not going to force himself on us. But he wants to build that relationship. See, we, we're saved by grace through faith but there's another level of the relationship that Jesus wants to take us to, that he wants to reveal all of who he is to us. I I put this in my notes, and it's just six words, but this is for somebody I feel like this morning. God wants you to know him. Just hold on to that simple thought. God wants you to know him. Sometimes it can feel like God is hiding. Sometimes it can feel like God is distant and he's out there. And when I pray, it doesn't go past the the ceiling or whatever term you want to use there. It can feel empty and forced and whatever. But I promise you, God wants you to know him. He's not hiding from you. (laughs) He's not distancing himself from you. He's right there. Reach out. Because here's what Matthew 7, 7 tells us. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be open. What are we seeking? What are we seeking? Are we seeking a blessing? Are we seeking this action And let me tell you, there's nothing inherently wrong with with asking God to do things, right? Elsewhere in Scripture, it tells us that God loves to give good gifts to his children. God wants to pour out blessings in your life. God wants to bless you relationally, financially, with your job. God wants to bless you in all of these different areas. But I want to challenge you. What if we took the time just to seek God? What if we just sought God? Because this verse tells us, Keep on seeking and you will find. So if we're seeking God, we're going to find God. All those other things come with. We, just, we need to seek after God. Elsewhere in Scripture it says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Right? What are we seeking? What are we spending our time and our resources and our energy going after? Because it needs to be God. It needs to be a pursuit of God. There's something special about seeking God for who he is rather than what he can do for us. Anybody who has kids, you know what that relationship is like, that there's a difference between your kid coming up to you and handing out their hand for some money and then grabbing it and running off, right? There's a difference between that and them curling up beside you on the couch and just hanging out for a little while. There's a difference, and we're God's children. God wants to just hang out with his kids. We got to seek him. God wants you to know him. He wants to give you that insight. He wants to give you that revelation. And then the third thing is really where I feel like God wants us to spend most of our time this morning. Paul says that God wants to expand our understanding of God's power. Our understanding of God's power. Verse 19 says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. See, I think a lot of times we we mentally get that God is powerful. Right, check the box, I can remember that for the test, I, I'm good, God's powerful, got it. But do we actually let that seek in? Do we, let it, do we let it get deep inside of us that God is more powerful than anything that we face? That that disease that we've been dealing with or a family member's been dealing with, that God is bigger than that? That, that the, the, the bills we've been struggling to pay, that God is bigger than that? That all of the political turmoil in the country, that God is bigger than that. God is bigger. He is more powerful. We need an understanding of God's power. And then we need an understanding that God wants to put that same power in us to be used for his glory. To be used for His glory. Acts one eight says, "But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about Me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth." See, God, God wants to give us the power so that He can be glorified. Again, it, it's all about motives, right? It's all about the the what are we seeking after? In it, are we seeking power just for our own sake? Are we seeking after power just because it looks cool? Or just because we heard somebody else's story? Or are we seeking power to glorify God? Romans 8.11 says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit living within you. See, there is there is a power that we should be walking in. It's not even just that it is available to us, and that it's like the l- like the little bonus add on, or that's the there's a, a popular thing right now with video games where it's free to play, but then you got to pay extra for all the little bonus features. That's not how it works with God. You don't have to pay five ninety nine to get the power. You don't have to pay extra so that you can actually beat the game. God has given this power to us, but we've settled for, I was nice to people today. I'm a Christian. There's so much more. There's so much more than just, well, I was comfortable. When I get to the end of my life, I hope that my tombstone does not say he was comfortable. But that's how we live most of the time, isn't it? We seek after comfort. We seek after the path of least resistance. When God is saying, I've given you power to accomplish something more for my glory. But we settle. We stop short. What if we lived our daily lives like this power was actually at work inside of us? Like the people who are around us who are going to hell for eternity. What, what if we lived like we actually have the power to, that they need? Right. Like like God actually wants to do miracles through us because he said greater things than this you will do. There's a there's a great line in a song I've been listening to that says, what if the words that Jesus said was actually what he meant? Let, let that get us, what if Jesus actually means this, that that this power is actually inside of us? What if what Paul said is actually true, that, that there is power that God wants to unleash in our daily life, not just in a Sunday morning church service, but in the middle of Walmart, in Brookshire's, in the middle of every place that you work, in the middle of every classroom you teach, in the middle of wherever you are, in the, the house that you're cleaning, the car that you're driving, wherever it is, whenever it is, God wants to move there with power because he placed that power in you not just so it would sit there but so that it would be used it needs to be used and let me just add this just because this is the season that we live in god's not going to run out of power like ircott he's not short on supply there is no end to what god can do and what he wants to do here's what i'm trying to say we are spirit-filled people in a spirit-filled church and god has called us to more now i'm not saying that we've done things wrong up until this point that's not i'm not i'm not saying that at all but i'm saying that god wants to do even more he wants to do more in this church he wants to do more in you Big services are great. Big moments are great. I'm a believer in camp, and we're going to youth camp here in just a little bit. It's going to be great. God's going to do awesome things. Revivals are great. Big altar calls are great. Those things are awesome. But I want to remind you the purpose of those things is not for the power of the Holy Spirit to remain in that place or at that that moment. There's power in the altar, but I believe that if the Holy Spirit has taken up residence inside of us, there ought to be power everywhere else that we go. That power ought to, uh, it ought to be mobile, right? It, it ought to go with us. The batteries ought to be charged enough to take it somewhere else instead of having to stay plugged into the wall. It, it's got to move around, See, when I said that God is bigger than we think he is, I actually mean that. That God is actually bigger than we think he is. That he is not limited to a time frame or a space or anything else that we want to limit him with. He's not limited to which building we lift his name up in. See, the purpose of revivals was never to get people to come inside of a building. The purpose of revival was what Ron Rose talked about a few weeks ago that it's to get them in front of Jesus. It's not about getting people, look, our facility is going to look great. It already looks amazing. There's some cool things that are being done with the physical building, and we're thankful for those, and God has blessed us with those things that are happening. But the purpose. The purpose of, uh, of Tri-Church that's coming up this fall, the purpose of any outreach that we do, the purpose of our lives should not get, be to get people in a building so that they see some cool carpet and some new paint on the wall. The purpose is to get them in front of Jesus. The purpose is to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to impact somebody's life and change something. It's not just so we can gather together, sing a few songs, listen to someone speak from a microphone, and go eat lunch. There's more. There's more. I pray that we would understand the power of God and the work of the Spirit, that we would know and experience everything that He wants to do. God dropped a a prayer in in my heart last week, and I've just been kind of holding on to it. But it's that every area of our church would be functioning in the gifts of the Spirit. Every single part. Here's here's what I mean by that. I mean that I'm thankful for messages and interpretations that we've had over the history of our church. And those are great moments where where God speaks in that way. But there are more gifts of the Spirit than that. right? Again, we've settled We've gotten a taste, and we've said that's good, and we've settled, and we've stayed there. But I'm thankful that God wants to do more. What I'm praying for, I'm praying that our greeters would function in words of wisdom and words of knowledge. That when people walk in the door, and our greeters are talking to them, that they're flowing with the Holy Spirit. That God's power is working through them in that moment. I'm praying that our community groups would be overwhelmed with the gift of faith. That they would be places where where the gift of faith from the Holy Spirit would be built up and established. I'm praying that the altar times would be functioning and the gifts of healing, that we would see people heal. I'm praying that our senior adult ministry would be a place of miracles. That the next time you guys go to White Oak, there's a miracle that happens while you're eating. Because God can do it. The Holy Spirit at work and moving. I'm praying that everyone in our church functions with the gift of discernment, that we would be wise. About the things that we trust and the things we don't trust. That we would seek God first instead of everything else. And this is this man. I'm praying that our kids and youth ministry would function in the gifts of prophecy. It's what Joel talked about. Right, Joel, Joel said in Joel 2, 28, he said, After doing those things, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. I'm praying that the Holy Spirit would be at work in every area of our church. That the moment a, a, a guest walks in the door, they're encountering the presence of God and the power of the Spirit. That it's not limited to, to an altar time when the music makes everybody emotional and it's that kind of, okay, this is the time when God's supposed to, God wants to do more. Can I just challenge you, take your, take your limitations off of God this morning. God wants to, to move in power in you, not just in church, but everywhere we go telling you, there's not just a place for it, but a need for the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of God to be at work in every single aspect of this church and of your life. Last question this morning. Why do we need these things? I would think the answer would be somewhat self-evident, but Paul actually tells us it's to be a full and complete body Christ verse 22 to 23 says God has put all things under the authority of Christ and has made him the head over all things for the benefit of the church and the church is his body it is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself see God wants us to be a full and complete version of himself a representation of him to the rest of this world and Unfortunately, we've given and I'm not talking that, oh well, we've got it wrong here at hope. That's not what I'm saying. We've done a lot of a lot of great things. We've followed God in a lot of good directions. I'm thankful for this church, but the church as a whole, the big C church, has given a lot of people an incomplete picture of who Jesus is. We need to function in the full power and authority of Christ. It's not about a good feeling. It's not about drawing a crowd. It's not about filling up that newly painted and renovated building. It's about building the body of Christ that we're called to be. See, I'm not gonna preach a upcoming message in the series, but Ephesians two ten reminds us that we are God's masterpiece. He created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. See, I don't know that we can accomplish the good things that God has planned for us if we're separated from His power. See, we need all that God has for us to accomplish all that God has for us. To go back to the Words be quote at the beginning of the message, we must grow in our understanding of our riches if we are ever going to use them to the glory of God. See, God's placed the power, He's given us that gift. But if we don't use it, if we don't function in it, then it it sits there and becomes useless. Anything we don't use is, by definition, useless. So God wants to move in you. He wants to move through you. That power that powers is, is there. But we've got to continue to pursue God. We've got to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. We've got to let him overwhelm and consume every part of our lives. We've got to grow. And our understanding of our riches. Let's pray this morning. God, we love you. There's so much more you want to do. Forgive us for any time and moment that we've been complacent. Where we got comfortable. Because, God, there's so much. There, there's people that, that need healing. There's people that need to know the truth. There, there's people that, that need to encounter you. And they're in our path every day. We sit beside them at work. We encounter them in every store, in every restaurant. I'm not talking about us becoming weird for the sake of being weird, but what if we, what if we listened to your leading and your guiding, that prompting when you told us to, hey, hey go, 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 give an encouragement to that person. Hey, that person needs to know this right now. Teach us. Teach us. Let us grow. This morning there's a lot that was, we've said. The, the ultimate foundation, though, is that we've got to have a relationship with God in the first place. And so this morning, if you're here and or you're watching online today and you would say I, "I need to start this whole thing I need to to begin a relationship or or maybe hit the reset button on my relationship with God this morning and you need that ultimate foundation point if you're in the room would you would you just raise your hand right now and if you're online would you just send us a, a direct message or a comment and let us know. So the second thing is that we need that spiritual wisdom and that insight. And maybe as the worship team leads us in another song this morning, maybe you need to to seek God for some wisdom for a situation you're dealing with or or maybe you just want to get more insight on who God is today. I challenge you, I encourage you, don't let this moment pass. Take advantage of this opportunity where you're in an atmosphere that is conducive to focusing on God. But I think most of, most of us need to be in this last category where as the, the team leads us in worship that we seek God for an understanding of his power that we would seek God for what that means and what it can look like in our life, that we would seek God. And maybe this morning, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit, this is the moment that God wants to give you another level of power today. Again, not for your honor and glory, not for you to feel special, but for his honor and glory so that he can work through you in a new and special way. Ultimately, ultimately, Can we just take this last moment of service this morning and just seek God and let him do what he wants to do? Don't stay comfortable in this moment. Take one step further than what you normally would. If you don't normally raise your hands, raise your hands. If you don't normally sing, then sing. If you you normally sit, then stand. If you you do all of those things already, then then find a spot and, and separate yourself. Come to the altar. Do something uncomfortable, and let's seek after God this morning together.
1: Jesus is it is
2: See?
0: Pray that you would give us opportunities this week, God, to follow Your leading, and be a conduit of Your power to the people who need it. Give us ears to hear Your leading. Give us a sensitivity to the Spirit that we would not just sit there and say, "Ah, oh, that was just me." That oh, that's just because Pastor Ben said something about it and so it's fresh on my mind. I don't really actually need to go. Now, God, help us to follow your leading and those promptings this week. No matter what it is, whether it's to be generous to someone, to speak hope to someone, God, let us be in tune with the Spirit. Because this world needs a church that's operating in power. Because this world needs you. We thank you for all the ways you're going to use us this week and for the rest of our life. Thank you, Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God is good. He's good. He's got something for all of us to do. Regardless of age, gender, amount in the bank account, it doesn't matter. God's got something he wants for us to do. We just got to follow him into it. Just got to follow him. Don't forget about the workday on Saturday. And make sure that you're following social media and the text message alerts so that you know if we're back here or if we're in the new facility next Sunday. We love you. We pray God's blessings over you. Let me pray God's blessings over you one more time. God, I pray that you would bless this church family. That you would keep them. That you would make your face shine down upon them. Be gracious to them. And give them peace. In Jesus' perfect
1: name, Amen.